can you conduct an orbit in the circuit? Do you need an ASIC once it expires? And taking advice from social media, who can you really listen to? I discuss all this and more coming right up. So strap in and let's get into it. G'day everyone and welcome to episode 102 of the Flight Training Australia podcast. From Gladstone to Geraldton, Gove to Gundawindi and everywhere in between, this is the podcast all about flight training and flying in Australia and beyond. I'm your host Trent Robinson, thank you for joining me. Thank you to everyone for your very kind messages and uh, SMSs, emails, all that for my 100th episode and celebrating the two-year anniversary of the Flight Training Australia podcast. I still can't believe it's been two years and 100 episodes. But look, thank you to everyone who messaged me through whatever means and a special thank you to uh, those couple of extra people who joined me on Patreon and uh, became patrons of the show. I know it's not in everyone's financial means, but uh, to those who have managed to make the effort and do that and support me, thank you from the bottom of my heart. In other news, 200 series time has been a challenge to obtain, especially up here in Darwin, and I've been working on a solution for quite some time now. Well, great news. Not only have I finally put a Cessna 206 online, but now a 210 as well. Quite happy to announce that I can now provide 206 training, which is IFR approved as well as an added bonus. And uh, to those who qualify and are approved after the check flight, it is available for private hire. So fantastic opportunity to build some 200 series command time. It's a utility version, a U206G model, and uh, it will be coming out of the paint shop any day now, looking just fantastic. Garmin touchscreen avionics, autopilot, new interior trim and seats, and as I said, new paint any day now. It's, It's a good machine, good aircraft, and that is available now. Also adding to that, the Cessna 210 is available now for dual training only. Uh, I did open the floodgates a little the other day on Instagram when I announced it and my 2023 calendar is now essentially full up. So if you are keen on job hunting and getting some 200 series time, Darwin familiarization, Lazo, wet season training, Uh, or just wanting to get some experience and fill the void between flight training and starting in GA, then get in touch with me. I am currently finalizing a special package, which will include all of that, as well as interview preparation, resume review, and more. So keep an eye out on that very, very soon. Now, I have been talking a lot lately about commercial pilots on the job hunt and what interviewers are looking for. And part of that is being the right fit for the company. And one thing I wanted to talk about quickly just before I get on to the other topics today is exactly what is the right fit and how do you know? What's having the right attitude all about and what constitutes a poor attitude? Because even just this week, talking to a couple of the operators are still having people walk through their doors almost demanding a job and expecting one to fall on their lap because they had the good grace to show up. And I can tell you right now that this is definitely an example of not a good fit to the organisation. 
when when you go for your interview, remember they're looking at you as a person, not just what's on your piece of paper in your resume. Really go out of your way to show who you are by being well dressed, well presented, and and don't fake it. It's too easy to see. And if it's not, if you do manage to bluff them, it will soon come out because you can't keep your guard up the whole time. So once again, I encourage everyone who's looking for work to really have a good look at yourself and be honest with yourself and any level of cockiness or uh, attitude, again, you're going to find it hard to identify in yourself and hopefully you've got some good mates around you that can maybe point these things out and if they have been, listen to it because it is costing people jobs and, yeah, it's, it's really quite crazy. Anyway, moving on to our questions. Um, I got one recently can you conduct an orbit in the circuit? There's uh, been a few instances of a uh, few locations around Australia, actually. And as I've got this question a couple of times, I thought I might talk about it. Where aircraft are doing orbits in the circuit, this is non-controlled aerodromes we're talking, uh, doing orbits in the circuit rather than just either spacing themselves out or going around. And they just wanted to know, you know, is this a safe practice? Is this legal? And, and can it be done? It's a really interesting question. I remember when uh, Jandicott Taos first started having staff shortages, they essentially had to close for lunch period for a few hours because they just didn't have the staffing numbers to cover that break. And I can tell you now, all hell broke loose. When we would have anywhere six to eight aircraft in that circuit sometimes, uh, which then led on to circuit uh, restrictions on a number of aircraft allowed in the circuit in non-controlled environment, the aircraft, I saw aeroplanes doing orbits a couple of hundred feet on final just to avoid doing a go-around. So there are times where I think it's quite okay if there is the space and no one behind you and it's not interfering with anyone else. I've got no issues with doing that. Uh, I utilise that at MKT when I'm down there sometimes quite often, especially just if there's a helicopter coming in or someone joining the circuit, rather than uh, end up just being too close or too tight or potentially having an actual conflict. If there's no one behind me, I'm quite happy to do a left or right hand uh, orbit. I usually do the orbit outside of the circuit pattern just to keep the whole area clear and then rejoin on downwind wherever I am and uh, reacquire the traffic that I'm following and then carry on. There's certainly times where it shouldn't be done. And when you have aircraft in behind you or, uh, you know, joining the circuit pattern that they broadcast, then that's not cool. Not a good idea because you're going to be turning into them and just making a conflict of yourself. What about base? Well, I think base is really probably starting to get a bit late. We're slowing down. We're configuring gear and flap. And I think, we're, you know, unless you know what you're doing, you're starting to ask for trouble. I think at that point, it's probably just best to maintain a 1,000 feet, go around. You might have the opportunity then to make an earlier turn and enjoy mid to late downwind, but otherwise just follow the circuit, come around for another go and space yourself out. All right. Hopefully that makes a bit more sense and uh, it, it really just is a common sense prevails manoeuvre. All right, the next one is do I need an ASIC once it expires? And again, another fantastic question and it's an interesting one. Originally, going back a little bit, 
CASA were the ones that issued ASICs. And as we've uh, gone along, obviously the volume of pilots and the volume of ASICs that needed processing were just well beyond CASA's capability. As it was, uh, some people were getting an ASIC issued some six to nine months after they originally applied for it, still with uh, the, the, well, two years validity from when they applied. So they only had 12, 13 months left, which was just insane. So now there's other operators that are looking after the processing of ASICs. And this is why when you apply for an initial license, an RPL, PPL, CPL, you need to submit evidence of holding an ASIC or an ASIC application. Now that ASIC will be valid for two years. Once that time has passed, you will be approached usually by whoever gave you your ASIC. You'll get a letter saying you need to hand it in and it's time to apply for a new one. Now, there is no obligation to reapply through that particular agency. If you want to use a different one, one's uh, easier, one's more local or whatever else, there's an agent nearby, then that's not a problem. You can just disregard that, but you are obliged to return the ASIC and apparently they are starting to crack down on that. But subject to how you're using your license, you don't actually need one anymore. Now, I want to repeat that. You don't need another ASIC if what I'm about to say. So don't stop listening now and say, Trent said you don't need an ASIC. Right. If you're going to be remaining OCTA in non-controlled aerodromes and not operating in any aerodromes where RPT aircraft are going to be operating, then essentially you will not need an ASIC anymore. This is why if you do a IFR, IPC or a flight review or anything else, it's not a requirement to ask you to show your ASIC. Now, some places might do that because you are operating in that area, okay? But if you're essentially keeping to yourself and operating just out of country strips and things where there's not other big air aircraft operating in and out of and you don't intend to go to any of those airstrips, then you don't need to get your ASIC renewed, all right? Now, this will apply to a small amount of you, the uh, alternative to an ASIC was an AVID, which is an Australian uh, ID card, essentially. It's no longer, well, I haven't processed one in a very long time. I think you still can get them, but I don't think anyone bothers anymore. The other, the other alternative is then temporary ASICs and uh, non-airside ASICs, which you see at the airport. Uh, airport staff have those grey ones. All right, but otherwise, yeah, you don't need to get an ASIC and you can save yourself some money. Now, the whole process of the ASIC and everything else I'm not going to touch on here. Uh, I think we all know the deal and, and the ironies involved with how the ASIC system works. But the key thing is you do not need an ASIC if you're going to be operating away from all those aerodromes um, that are controlled, okay? All right, now the final one Um as I mentioned often, and I'm sure all you do too, you, you scroll through the social media postings on uh, Facebook in particular because it's more of a discussion forum and no doubt things like Peeprune and, and, and others. And people ask questions and then sit back and wait for the answers to come. And I, I've just read some lately that have kind of uh, concerned me, I guess, and worried me. There's a lot of 
you out there listening right now that are very impressionable and take, for example, someone like myself who has experience in the field and and some level of uh, authority that you're going to listen to me. So I take great care in what I say as example with the ASIC that I just went through then, um, to make sure that it's accurate, correct, and researched if necessary. Now, other pilots posting on on forums like Facebook are not necessarily doing this. And you need to be very, very careful. Quite often when I see some of these posts pop up, I'll actually click on their name uh, to, just to see, you know, who are they or what's their background? What's their authority to be making such posts? Now, don't get me wrong. You do not need to be a flight examiner and a head of operations and flown for 20 plus years to be able to make good, valuable contributions to these pages. And I think most of you can read those posts and know right away what ones you probably should and shouldn't be listening to. But when someone talks about weather conditions and that sort of thing and flying and turbulence and all that, and someone comments, you should just go for it, you're not going to gain any experience by sitting on the ground, um, that's just massive cause for alarm and just outright stupidity. That's just one example that I've read lately. There's been several others, but... I just want to tell you all and remind you all that just be careful and don't ask questions that, you know, maybe they should really be directed to an instructor. Unfortunately, with social media and these things, you see it even in community forums and that the questions that get asked are not being asked to the correct people. And it's leading to gross misinformation circulating and to some extent, the dumbing down of the industry, all right? So please, 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 please just be very careful as to who you listen to, who you talk to, and uh, what advice you do take. And if you're just getting it from one person as well, one or two out of the rest, maybe that will be a bit of guidance as well as to who you should be listening to. I'm sure the majority of you can all uh, see that that's the the case in in, in these instances and, and disregard those comments. But I know for a fact that some people do listen and and do read these comments and and uh, again, my confirmation bias episode, uh, when this misinformation is kind of leaning towards what you're maybe thinking of doing or trying, you may have your blinkers on and ignore the good sound advice. So just be mindful, guys, and uh, ultimately always be safe with everything you do. If it's uh, the difference between you doing something stupid or not, you are welcome to message me anytime, and I'll be only too happy to have a chat to you and give you some good advice if you can't find something more locally. All right. Thanks, everyone. That's about it for this week. Just a nice short one this week. Coming up, uh, the next few episodes, we've got some great stuff coming. I've got uh, Andrew Bomanis, who's from Flying Theory Solutions. He is a ground instructor in Western Australia, a uh, long-time friend and someone who anyone in Western Australia 
uh, from good 10 years previous will will know Andrew most likely and his time at uh, university and the ground school colleges and things. So he's going to be joining me. We've also got some other fantastic guests lined up for you, some great topics, some exciting projects, and uh, so, so much more all coming up soon. So keep subscribed, hit the notification bells on your podcast play of choice. As long as my life's not getting too crazy, there's a new episode every Monday and I will be in your ears telling you all sorts of awesome aviation news information and interviews and whatever else I conjure up. All right, so until then, blue skies, remember the golden rule, aviate, navigate, communicate. Cheers, everyone. Cheers.